FedEx Forum, Growl Towels, Super Grizz, each one a Memphis Grizzlies tradition. This is the Grizzlies Podcast. Alongside columnist Jeff Calkins and pick and pop columnist Chris Harrington, here's beat reporter Ron Tillery. Well, actually, beat reporter Ron Tillery, the only beat writer the Grizzlies have ever known, is not in studio, so... I'm Jeff Calkins, and I will be uh, leading this. Chris is, uh, Ron is joining us on the phone, and Chris Harrington is here in studio as the Grizzlies contemplate a three-game losing streak. Mike Conley did not play last night as they fall to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, we'll start with you, Ron Tillery. How long is um, how long do you think Mike Conley will be out? Well, it's hard to know because um, um, the last time he sat out because of this Achilles. Uh, it was a four-day, one-game rest. It sounds so much more serious at this point that it probably makes more sense to keep him out for multiple games, if not weeks, because you don't want to keep going through this. You know, sit out one game, he comes back, plays well for two, and then on and on and on, on you go. Coach Fisdale said they're going to get some second and third opinions about how to deal with this. It's funny, last week, Chris, I, I couldn't have been more wrong about Mike Conley. <laughs> I said, ah, don't worry about it. Mike's managed all kind of injuries. He'll be fine. Well, he, he's hardly fine. He, he's... He's he's in bad shape. Well, he he told, was sort of feeding yeah, the idea that it was some that it wasn't a physical thing, which I, most of us watching mm-hmm. felt that way, and we knew the Achilles thing, and so he was sort of underplaying it. But um, I mean, do you have a sense? You, you said they're going to get other opinions. Is there any sense of whether this is something that rest will heal? Based on my uh, playing doctor on the, on Google and on Twitter, uh, it, it seems to be when it flares up like that, when it's just. Achilles tendonitis. That's the only thing you about the only thing you can do, aside from alternating uh, ice and heat. But there's not a, a procedure necessarily that was going to take care of it. I mean, I, obviously, you know, there's a huge hope that he doesn't tear it. But yeah, rest seems to be the the biggest thing you can do. What's your sense of how much he has dealt with this in the past? We know that he shut it down. Was that two seasons ago yeah, now? Two, two seasons that ago. That was the, during the, 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 20, the, the, the 28 player yeah, the, the apocalypse. 20, right, the yeah. apocalypse of Dave Yeager's last stand. He shut it down, although we think, in fact, he probably could have come back uh, had he been needed, in fact, or had been advisable at that. Is this, is, do you get the sense this is something he has dealt with for years? It's just more pronounced now? And again, I'm asking you these things as if we know, because the Grizzlies are so incredibly transparent with their medical <laughs> uh, stuff. But yeah, is this... What's your sense of the history of this? My sense is that it really began during that period you guys just described uh, when the Grizzlies had those 28 different players. He shut it down on the eve of his free agent summer. And, you know, from there to this point, he's dealt with it. It's more pronounced now because uh, I don't think it's it's flared up as much and and this bad because you're right he could have played that season uh but it just made total sense to not play because you know you're going to be a free agent he went and got a max deal again it's like we've been kind of spoiled by mike's toughness and and uh his willingness and his ability to play through everything imaginable i mean the guy had a broken face in a playoff game and was the best player on the floor against the golden state warriors came back quickly from a broken back and and so but i've I've talked to other nba players and they tell me guys that this is like one of the most painful things you could ever deal with uh because there's only so much they can do the reason why he's been good mike Conley has been good late in games is because you know like when you wake up that Achilles is just hurting like all get out. But the more you move, uh, the more you loosen up, 
the, the better it feels. So it's you got two explanations there. There's one re- one reason is because the Achilles hasn't had him play poorly because he he loosens up in the second half of games. He's been able to play better. Well, the the, the, the idea that it loosens up over as you use it sort of contradicts and so, to some degree you have sort of these you know let's rest it and then help it get better. Whereas to some degree actually playing on it at least in the short term, helps it get better. And those, those things kind of work against each other a little bit, don't they? Yeah, I mean, that's just the explanation I was given from from guys who have dealt with it. And, uh, you know, but it's kind of like a, a sore ankle. Like, if you play on it, it loosens up. And then when you wake up the next day, it hurts like hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like one of those things you can't explain. Clearly, when he starts his day, uh, he just feels horrible. You know, it's, it's just a very painful thing. And then, you know, I, I think, you know what you're alluding to, right? I mean, if you continue to play on it, I mean, it might just pop, right? Just like uh, Richard Sherman in the NFL with the Seahawks. He played on it, played on it, played on it, and he tore it. Uh, and- well, well, we'll hope that doesn't happen. So in the meantime, yeah. um, they're going to shut it down, we believe, for a longer stretch. It feels like they're going to shut it down for a longer stretch this time. If you're out there getting mm-hmm. other opinions that suggest it might be a longer process. Chris, what do you think about <clears throat> their ability to withstand the absence of Mike Conley? It's Tyreek's been really good. Mario has not been good, basically, essentially. Your thoughts on their ability to to man to manage this? Well, they went. You remember, like when Conley missed, we had, he broke his back in the middle of the season last year. I think they went seven and two when he was out with Andrew Harrison and Tony Douglas at point guard. Right? That was kind of flukish, but it happened. I missed that Tony Douglas. Yeah, they. Um, <laughs> That's the brief Tony Douglas, right? right? Period. Yeah, their roster right now, as long as these other players stay healthy, would seem to be better equipped to withstand the loss of Mike Conley than they were last season. Because even though Chalmers hasn't been good, Tyreek Evans, give me Tyreek Evans and Mario Chalmers over Andrew Harrison and Tony Douglas, right? I, I do think what's interesting about the Grizzlies right now is you're seeing a lot more versatility than even we thought before the season. You're seeing that you can play Tyreek Evans at the one, and you're seeing last night maybe you can play Chandler Parsons at the three now. In which case, early season you thought maybe he's just a he's just a four, and so you have more ability, you have more playmakers now than you did before uh, outside of Conley and Gasol, and more versatility to get them all on the floor at the same time. And so, to me, even if you don't start. Tyreek Evans at point guard on Mike Conley's absence. You can play him a lot of minutes at point guard. You can close games with him at point guard. You can play Chandler Parsons at the three, maybe, depending on the matchups. And so you don't even even have to play Mario Chalmers if he's not playing well. Like Think of that lineup last night. You take that lineup, it was Chalmers, Evans, Parsons, Brandon Wright, Gasol that they closed with, and those five were good, except Mario Chalmers was missing those threes. You could play that same lineup with Dylan Brooks instead of Mario Chalmers. You just have Tyreek Evans have the ball. So I think David Fizzle is a lot to figure out, and that's part of the problem. Problem right now, but he's got options. He's got many more many more options to deal with a Mike Conley absence that he did last season. I want to get to the to the to the process of figuring things out here in in just a minute. But before I do, Ron, on that point, Tyreek at the one, it's an interesting thing because like he had nine assists last night, and he can find like the he can find people like he can be a playmaker. Chris has made the point before, particularly when he's going to the rim, he can see other people. He found Chandler Parsons for the wide open three that looked. Like like it was going down. He could run a pick and roll in the half court. He can run a pick and roll in the half court. And yet you also get the sense there are times is also maybe a little frustrating for players to play with him um, because it does, he does have the ball in his hands a lot when he's playing. What's your sense of of Tyreek at the one? I just think uh, that your last point 
it's very true. I mean, he, I mean, he, he can be a gunner, but you have to live with it because he's been the best player on that second unit. And he does have, unlike, say, Lance Stevenson, who was in the house last night uh, and was a, a, a former Grizzly, you know, he, he does have a better feel for the game, you know, no one to make plays for other people, particularly in the half court pick and roll with Brandon Wright. I mean, they've got great chemistry together. That speaks to Chris's earlier point about the versatility. You know, you can absolutely put Chandler at the three as long as you pair Mark and Brandon. Brandon is is a, is, is a, a power forward who's been playing backup center. Tyreek has, has adapted to this role very nicely. Um, and, and again, I think there's been a lot of conversations uh, on Twitter and on radio about starting them. I don't think you need to start them. Um, I think a lot, a lot of times that's overblown whether players start or not. Uh, Fisdale and his staff can certainly manipulate the game with him coming off the bench, extending his minutes and moving them over uh, on the ball uh, more times than he would be with Mike Collins. Uh, I just want to clarify one thing. You quoted him the other day saying it was after the the last road loss. Guys got to know their roles, role players, something like this. Who was he talking about? What was he? What was, was Tyreek Evans? Ty- <laughs> right? well, yeah, it was Ty- Yeah, it was Tyreek. What yeah. was he talking about? I thought it was kind of comical because the question was simply, you know, you've been able to get your your job done individually. I said, you know, what is it going to take to to establish that chemistry and that cohesion that you guys are looking for? And then he went on this thing about you can't come out here. Everybody thinking they're going to get 30. Everybody's got to know their role. I don't know. I mean, when I watch Tyreek play, he's the only one out there trying to get 30. This was after the game, the Milwaukee game, though, where for about four right. minutes there, towards down the right. end of the stretch, it was he did yeah. not he was not the guy taking the shots. Yeah. I, I don't want to speculate on who he might be talking about. I just know that particular game. Let's put it in context. He got the Grizzlies back. He gave them a chance to win, and they went about seven minutes and, and went away from him. And I think he was frustrated. Did by you have that. any thoughts on that, Chris? Like Ron, I don't want to speculate on who he, who he may have been talking about, especially <laughs> because I wasn't there when, when he said right. it. But to Ron's point about. You know, this question of starting or coming off the bench with Tyreek Evans. Last night's game was a good illustration. He came off the bench. He was second on the team in both minutes and shots, only to Marcus All, who was having a great game. Right. And so he had 33. He played 33 minutes and, you know, had got 13, 14 shots, whatever it was. Like, if you had started him, is was he going to play that many more minutes to get that many more shots? So I think I'm not necessarily, like, opposed to him starting, but I don't think it's necessary to maximize his usage either. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. Starting lineup will get better when Jermichael Green starts getting into the flow a little more, I think, when he gets used to playing a little bit Get more. The rust off. Chris, on this issue of figuring out who they are, that is, there's two challenges right now in front of the team. One is surviving without Mike Huntley, and two is all of this versatility is great and and presents opportunity, but it also might be a big reason why they're no longer a particularly cohesive defensive team where there are a lot of turnovers last night, for example. Right. So there are opportunities in it. There's also a downside that we're seeing in, in terms of performance on the floor. How does How is Fisdale supposed to make it through that thicket? I think it's a process you just have to go through. And, I mean, you would like to go through it getting some wins, which has not been the case the last week or so. I mean, the reality is the Grizzlies were not going to be a top three seed in the West, right? So you're trying to make the playoffs. and You're hoping to not be an eight seed because then you got to play Golden State. And, like, you know, you can't even talk yourself into that. And so you're trying to get into the playoffs and hopefully above an eight seed. That part of the conference is not running away from you, and it's not going to run away from you for a long time. So as long as you're – if you're treading water while figuring stuff out, it's not that big of a deal because whatever questions the Grizzlies have right now, whatever problems they have, 
they don't have the same kind of problems that Utah has. No. Um, they don't have the you hope yeah. to know Conley. They're not hurting as much as the Clippers who have lost six in a row. Um, you look at New Orleans, they're like, I think, a game, half a game, maybe a game better than the Grizzlies. They're getting enormous minutes and enormous production from their two stars and barely breaking even. The Grizzlies aren't getting that level of production nine and nine out from their two stars. And so I think you have a lot of time to figure stuff out if you're the Grizzlies. I am not that worried about it in terms of if they're muddling along record-wise while sort of figuring out who they are. I think they got they got plenty do of time. You, do you, Ron, think yeah. that their defensive problems last night were largely due to this transition period that they're in? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what Chris said because I think coming into the season, there was always going to be this initial phase of, of growing pains because they put the final stamp on turning the team over to Mike and Mark. Zebo and Zach are gone. No more core four. It's kind of a, you know, overhaul of the roster and the way they play. Offense totally different, defense totally different. So there was going to be an adjustment period with that. Now you're in phase two where, you know, you're dealing with injuries and guys coming back from injuries. So, yeah, again, that, that does take time. And, uh, you know, I, I think as long as they don't hit the panic button and, 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 and kind of disconnect from each other. Uh, I know it sounds cliche, but it's, it's really true. Uh, then, they, they you know, they'll get through it. The um, in terms of players coming back, we know I think what Jermichael Green is and will be. Uh, we don't really know what Ben Mclemore is or will be, and eh, we got a little flavor of what Wayne Selden might be. Uh, but I think uh, a question that will be answered over the next month or two is how those two players might fit in the rotation, what they can supply. Ron, I'll go to you first. What have been your impressions so far? Hey, we haven't seen anything of Selden really, but Ben McLemore, it's not been it's not been a great a great start. Well, it's almost kind of like the Chandler Parson effect. Uh, he gets the participation award in that, you know, he's moving around well. He doesn't seem to have any ill effects uh, from the broken foot, which is which is a good sign, you know, for a young guy. Uh, obviously, he's rusty and his timing's off. Uh, you know, he's got to make shots. But I, I like the way he's flying around. And as you put it, it's, it's going to take a month or so uh, to find out how he, he's going to be able to help this ball club. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate the kid got hurt, but but he, yeah, he's not going to come back and be Michael Jordan overnight. Chris, on that topic? I, I just think that at some point, and it's this is not the point because these guys are just now coming back, but at some point you have to figure out who your best players are prioritize those players and then set up, set up your lineups and rotations to maximize those players. And the thing about having this versatility is that, and not being wedded to position, I don't think David Fisdale was super wedded to position. Certainly that was not the way Miami played. Um, is that you You can find ways just to get your best players on the floor and like make it fit. And so you got to decide, like, where has Ben Mack? If, if you look at, you know, if you consider Chandler Parsons can play some three, you got Tyreek Evans, Chandler Parsons, Dylan Brooks, James Ennis, Ben McLemore, Wayne Zeldin. And if you want to throw Andrew Harrison in there, that's fine too. Like, figure out who's best. And who, and then you got to figure out how to get those to, to maximize the minutes. It's quite but possible. He is oh, I'm sorry. I'm I was going to say, it's quite possible that you decide that. I mean, I think clearly Tyreek, if healthy, Tyreek Evans and Chandler Parsons are better than 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 Macklemore Selden. Mm-hmm. If you think Dylan Brooks and James Ennis are better too, like you can't start like 
your fifth or sixth best wing player. So I think you got to figure out like whose minutes are you trying to prioritize? Brown, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, but you know, Fisdale is super wedded to Ben McLemore. I mean, you can go from his comments when they sign him as a free agent through the summer to the anticipation of him coming back. So he's going to get every opportunity uh, to fit with that starting group eventually. And, um, you know, Fisdale went so far as to say that, you know, he's our only catch-and-shoot guy, our best catch-and-shoot guy, something that we don't have. Right. So, um, I, you know, whether you consider it forcing the issue or not, I mean, they're committed to him. And, uh, uh, and I think the thing about Chandler, though, is – you know, how much do you think having Brandon Wright and Marcus on the floor together gives Chandler cover? Because if you play a small ball lineup, can he really play the three? Well, I mean, I mean, I think it would work just as well with Jermichael Green. In some ways, it might work mm-hmm. better because you can switch that off defensively better, and you can hide. Mm-hmm. I think you can hide Parsons defensively because you can. Mm-hmm. Jermichael Green can guard some of the bigger threes. I, I think. Mm-hmm. I think. I think your concern with Parsons is a. Even though he's been good defensively, you don't want him on an island against like really fast, slashy, you know, wings. So you want to try to avoid that. And then B, you just got to be careful not to, you know, try. If he's playing well, not overdo it minutes wise because you never know. Every 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 game could be his last game, given his injury history. I I want to get to Chandler more about Chandler Parsons in a minute. The interesting thing to me about the Macklemore thing, though, is what you're dealing with is is in, in a in a very different context not unlike Chandler Parsons last year in other words the last year that the trade-off was he's not our best player right now or one right. of an effective player right now but we're going to play him on the promise that more will come yeah. and but so they're not, they're not starting McLemore yet no he's, no he's, no he's, they're way, not. he's holding no, off no, on that no I, I understand that but my point is is that their commitment to giving him minutes you you mentioned Chris that they're going to have to figure out who their best players are it may evolve that he is not one of their best wing players right. I think it's there's a reasonable likelihood that it'll evolve that he's not one of their best wing players. The problem is they're not going to conclude that in the next week or two weeks no. or three weeks or month or month and a half. And so well, whether he's – I don't think he's – right now, I don't think he's better. I feel more comfortable when the ball is in Chandler Parsons' hands right. than when the ball is in Ben McLemore's hands. Well, But they're – they're going to do it, and it may be to the detriment of the W's and L's for for how long, I don't know. A complicating factor in all that is Dylan Brooks, though. Because, I mean, Ron, you mentioned, you know, Fisdale is high on McLemore. He's, McLemore, he's certainly high on Dylan Brooks. And I don't think coming into the season, we saw Dylan Brooks, a guy playing 28, 29 minutes a game. So you wonder, like, where that goes. Could we look up and Dylan Brooks is starting at three, and James Ennis is the guy who's getting squeezed? Ron? Well, I ultimately think it's going to be Wayne Selden that gets squeezed uh, because you're right about Dylan Brooks. Not only has Fisdale got you know, the ultimate trust in him, but so do these veteran players. They look for him. They respect him. And, uh, and he's earned the right to play. And the truth of the matter is, and I think we've spoken about this, uh, is that you know, he's already caught and passed uh, Wayne Selden as an NBA player in terms of games played and productivity. So I think ultimately – He's the one that gets squeezed, and he'll be sitting there with Jarrell Martin and uh, Andrew Harrison. I think at full health, you're talking about more than one player getting squeezed. Though. That's the problem. Is that uh, is it, is that is and then is that other player? It could be Mario Chalmers. It could when, be. when Conley comes back. Yeah, Mario's not been great. I, oh, I see. Right. Yeah, and play Tyreek more at the one, and therefore create more room for. for if he sits Mario players. Chalmers, who, who's he going to scream at? <laughs> he screams at he screams at Mario Chalmers the most. 
<clears throat> where is this team, Ron? You know better than 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 anyone where this team is mentally. Um, where do you think they are in terms of this? Like, I don't know. Like Chandler Parsons, early on, he was saying he wanted more minutes, more minutes, more minutes, more minutes. Has he yeah. sort of settled into his role? He's may have the potential of getting squeezed here. As they sift through this, there's the the question of cohesion on the court, but there's also yeah. the question of morale and agendas yeah. and everything else off the court. Yeah, you know, I'm big on that. I think mental health for teams and players is just as big as physical health. And um, that's a great question because I haven't seen any signs of them, you know, kind of falling apart. And I know we're going to talk about Chandler a lot more, but I want to talk about Mark because I think Mark has played a large role in that. Uh, You know, we've had these discussions over the years about his need to be a better leader. And he's done everything in a constructive manner to to help keep this team together on and off the floor. As you saw in the Pacers game with Mike out, he clearly decided, hey, I got to be dominant. But also uh, he's, you know, put his arm around Dylan Brooks. Uh, He's uh, he's been a leader in the huddles, whereas, you know, Mark could snap easily. (laughs) you know, when things didn't go right or when they quote unquote weren't playing the right way. So I think he's kind of led the charge in in that area in terms of just, you know, Hey, let's stay the course, trust the process and, uh, and get better. Well, I think that's important, obviously, um, because this is a season that we wondered if Mark would, uh, this is the season where we, at least some, there was some speculation that might be the season that might see Mark deciding he'd, he'd rather be somewhere else. He obviously hasn't been as good lately, Chris. He was great last night. Right. Fabulous last night. Hadn't been as good lately. What do you make of Mark's season so far? Um, I mean, I... I wonder whether the ankle thing is sort of come and gone with him a little bit because I, I I thought on that road trip there were a couple of games where he looked like he was not moving that well. Um, he looked fine, obviously, last night. Um, I just you know I, when, when whenever he has a game like that, people say, "Well, I don't want you to do this every night," and I just don't. A, I think no one does that every night except for like a handful of players in the league, and especially as he's going to be thirty three this year. You're not going to get that every night. And so, I mean, I would like a little bit more consistent um, production offensively for Mark. I think everyone would. But, uh, you know, I, mean, I think he's been a little subpar on the whole this season, but it's it's not at the forefront of Grizzlies' concerns to me. Um, okay, let's, let's wrap this up with, um, uh, obviously, they're 500. They got off to this blazing start. And now they are two and six over their last eight. They've lost three in a row. Uh, Ron, where are you right now on the Grizzlies? Successful season so far? Unsuccessful season so far? If we're taking the temperature of what makes it was the Grizz fans should be happy about, unhappy about, um, how would you sum up where they are now that they are at an even 500? I think they are who we thought they were uh, coming in. Um, I, you know, it was a bit of fool's gold with the five and one start. There's a lot of factors that played into that. Uh, and, um, you know, what well, the, the the great Hubie Brown or always says, you know, you are what your record says you are. And um, now, you know, they dealt with injuries and they're dealing with um, trying to adjust to new players and a new system. Uh, but when you looked at the team that they played, they, they obviously lost some games that you figured they shouldn't have lost, but they've also won games that you figured uh, that they shouldn't have won. So, I mean, I'm 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 like what Chris said earlier. I'm, I'm not freaked out about it. It's early. Uh, there's a long way to go. And um, when they're fully healthy, and when they figure out these rotations and lineups, you know, we'll find out more about you know where they're headed in terms of a uh, playoff position. Chris, I think this team has a higher ceiling 
that I thought they did before the season started. Um, and, and, and the last week does not, if anything, it makes me feel more that way just because I can see how the pieces could come together. Um, I th- so I think this team has a higher ceiling than I thought they did. But I think most likely they're essentially what I thought, which was a team that's going to be in the playoff race deep into the season and may or may not get there depending on who catches breaks and who doesn't, both in terms of what breaks they do or don't catch and what breaks other teams in the middle of the West. But I think it's a team that's going to be, I think when we hit mid-March and a month to go in the season, they're going to be in the playoff hunt. They're not going to be assured of being in or being out. It's still going to be an active concern. Yeah, and I think I would say, to some extent, they are who we thought they are in the sense of they are that middle of the playoff hunt Western Conference team. I don't think they are who they thought we would be, or maybe they've, in the sense of how they've done it and where they've gotten there. Chris said earlier this week that the weird thing was, is coming into this year, you would have thought you knew exactly three players you could count on. Mike Conley, Marcus Gasol, and Jermichael Green. And then you had all these question marks. Well, now we've had huge question mark with Mike. Jermichael hasn't played. He's basically been a question mark. And Mark has as you point, has been great, um, has had a little some ankle issues, and so, and yet the the pieces around them are vastly more promising, or at least most of those questions that we had have been answered positively. It's certainly about Chandler Parsons, it's the best Chandler Parsons I could have, have expected to see. I like it when he's on the court now. Um, it, Dylan Brooks has been a a absolute find. Tyreek has been fabulous. Um, maybe maybe some disappointments in eh, Mario Chalmers probably is what we should have known he would be. Is right. what he had been, wasn't was during that stint when he was with the Grizzlies before, but so because of all those reasons, they're actually, I agree, they're sort of more promising than I think that most people thought they would have been, um, and yet here we are for various reasons at. 500 and of course with with the mic injury looming over everything because I mean you brought up that ominous Richard Sherman moment Ron and and pretty much every team is one popped Achilles or blown knee away from from disaster unless you're the Boston Celtics so I I think we're all pretty much on accord there's promise here and no reason to panic we will be back next week to resume this uh, podcast and hopefully Ron will be in studio to drive the ship until then talk to you next week the Grizzlies podcast is hosted by Ron Tillery, Jeff Calkins, and Chris Harrington, and posts each week during the regular season at commercialappeal.com. You can also subscribe to the Grizzlies podcast for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Grizzlies podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal. Commercial Appeal.